let's uh, get this let's get this going, I guess. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Friend and Bud and Bud's podcast. Um, I'm your host, Rand or Brandon. Uh, and would you like to introduce yourself, my guest? Yeah, I am Astro. I also run the Toku Talks podcast, which Rand is also a part of. I'm the I'm the host there, and he's my co-host there. So, yeah, what's up, everyone? All right. So, would you like to tell the audience if you're more of a common rider, Super Sentai, or Power Rangers guy? Uh, I consider myself more. Kamen Rider and Power Rangers. I mean, I want I watch Super Sentai a little bit. I'm not super into it, but I am super into Kamen Rider as Power Rangers because Power Rangers is like my childhood, and then Kamen Rider is like something way different than what I'm really usually used to. So I kind of gravitate towards that instead of like Kamen Sentai. All right, so. How, mu- uh, how many seasons of Power Rangers have you watched? I've seen all of them. Except right. for the second half of Beast Morphers, which is still airing, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, questions are going to alternate half and half. Alright. Power Rangers and Kamen Rider. Alright, cool. Cool, cool. So, um, first off, how did you get into Common Writer? Um, it was actually an interesting um, part of this year. It was the beginning of this year. It was around January, and I was watching this guy on YouTube called Marco Satsu, and he made like History of Common Writer, and I was like, you know, this seems really cool. So, like, I tried to, like, look around for, like, ways to watch it, but I couldn't find any, really. And then one video he released, there was a link in the description that allowed me to, like, watch, like, all of Heisei's writers. And I started with Forze and loved it. Then I was like, holy cow, I gotta keep watching this stuff. This is good. So I watched... Yeah, that's that's how I got into that. Uh, how did you get into Power Rangers? Okay, that's an easier question because yeah, Power Rangers has always been kind of a part of my life. Really, it's been like childhood. Like I had DVDs of older se- of like seasons from like Ninja Storm to like RPM, and it's only when we got Nef that I got Netflix then. I was able to watch everything, and yeah, that's how I basically watched all the seasons. It's like most of them are most of them are on Netflix, if not all of them. Yeah, most people I asked this question to just said that it like said that oh they watched it occasionally or it was just something that was on TV at the time, so that so then they just watched it. Uh, yeah, like, okay, so when I was a kid, when I first got into Power Rangers, it was, like, I think it was around 2010, it was 
and that was the year that Power Rangers was taking kind of a a hiatus off the on the air. So all I really had were the DVDs and everything. I didn't have cable back then. But when I got cable, it was around 2011, and then Power Ranger Samurai was airing, and I was like, oh, hey, I should, I should watch this. And I did. And that's kind of how I watched the seasons on, um, on TV until I, didn't ha- I stopped having cable when Super Ninja Steel was airing, and I, I like, didn't really get to watch everything week to week. So... Just quick. Uh, so, do you have a favorite common writer? Do you have a favorite common writer, uh, Power Ranger season, or both? Uh, okay, that's a hard. That's a that's the thing. Um, I have an automatic bias to Forze Gento because Gento will always be like the man in my in my heart. Not not in the gay way, but like he's like number one in my in my head for common writers for lead writers, and then for Power Rangers, it's like um a few different seasons that I watch more often than others that really stand out as my favorites, like RPM, Dino Thunder, uh, I want to say SPD a bit, and Ninja Storm. Those are like my top four. Yeah, top four seasons of Power Rangers. I see people praising RPM for its dark undertone, trying something new that hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And while it was a cool idea, they never really spent too much out, too much time outside the dome. It was oh yeah, because. For half the season, we were inside the dome, not knowing the dangers outside. Yeah. Um, and the times we did get to go outside the dome for a while mm-hmm. were, in my opinion, some of the best episodes that really showed how the Rangers are out of their environment. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like RPM is like one of the great one of the greatest PR seasons out there is because of how like how um different they decided to tell the story because we were in a controlled environment like like you said half the season and then like they went outside of the dome and then more craziness happened because there's so much danger outside the dome. It really like set the idea that um that this that Vengex is like really dangerous and seeing the world basically decimated from everything that happened from that year before that year started it like really set the t- it really set in the tone for the season being like more kind of dark undertonally and when the rangers went outside the dome it really showed how outclassed and outmatched they were yeah, I agree with that because, like, in the dome, they have more power. Literally, they literally have more power. But outside the dome, there's like so little of it. Yeah, because inside the dome, that's where Doctor K is, so they mm-hmm. can test their swords quite easily and all of their other powers quite easily. Like yep. the real, like the real blasters. Yeah. 
people like outside the dome, they don't have that like access to all the tech that they've been using for the season. And seeing how Vengex is like so so close to his like little fortress, he has like more firepower, literally. And they only yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the episode where they went outside the dome and they only had one? Um, they only had one Megazord configuration. Uh huh. I remember that. Yeah, that really sold the idea that if they lost that combination, they were finished. Yeah, that would be pretty much screwed from there. And they almost had no way to get back to the dome right after uh, Scott's van drove off the cliff. Basically. I mean, that was awesome, but that was awesome visually, but like, oh no. That was kind of an oh no moment. Yeah, it's it like, kind of sold the idea that Zendrex has more power than the RPM Rangers ever knew was possible outside the dome because he controls almost half the he controls almost every corner of the world. I mean, they did like he did like take over like ninety percent of it, and like the last ten percent is in Corinth. So, yeah, they're pretty much outmatched by Benjix since he has so much power. Mm-hmm. And like, I loved Benjix as a villain because he would always gloat that. He's, been, he's invincible and he's immortal. And at the end of the show, he really proved himself to be immortal. Because do you remember what we see at the end of RPM? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like yeah, I saw, yeah, I remember the Red Ranger Morpher glowing red, showing that Vengex is still alive. Well, not alive, but like, he's still existing, at least. Just not in his normal state. Mm-hmm. But yeah, RPM, great show. I love it. Yeah. I've watched it so many times. Although and it's I, good. Although I do praise, um, although I do praise uh, Goanger for its lighthearted, uh, for its lightheartedness. I don't exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly hate RPM. It was actually my first. Disney, yeah. It was actually my first Disney era show. Okay, speaking of that, there is kind of a like a stigma against PR because, um, well, the thing is, is that people don't like when ad- adaptations divert so far from the source material, but there are like some very clear. Um, PR seasons that really do divert from the source material and they still end up being pretty good. Yeah, and like um, some people just don't get that's what makes some of the seasons great is that they divert so far from the source material that it's almost like its own. Yeah. Yeah, like um, like in space was based, had the suits and most of the 
like monsters and stuff from Mega Ranger. And Mega Ranger is like a kind of different show from in space. But like Mega Ranger is based on like kind of a video game aspect of how the villains are kind of traveling to our our dimension. And then like in space, it's a space opera. It's literally in the name. And then same thing can go with um, Giga Man and Lost Galaxy is that Giga Man is seen as like the nature Sentai, even though it's called, even though it's like Starbeast Sentai Giga Man. But, and then for like um, Lost Galaxy, there's only like one episode with them being on Earth. And that was the first episode. Oh, fun fact. Ginga roughly translates to either Galaxy Warrior or uh, Galaxy Warrior or Galaxy Warriors or just Galaxy. Wow, I did not know that. That's actually pretty cool. There are a lot, pretty cool. There are a lot of Sentai shows where the name can be roughly translated into English. Yeah. Like how Kaizoku in Kaizoku Sentai Gogaiger means pirate. In how Tokuso in Tokuso Sentai Dekaranger means a special mission. Oh, that's cool. And Tokumei in Gobusters means special operations. Interesting. Did not know that. Like, okay, I did know that some of the some of the um different Sentai names kind of can roughly translate into English, but I didn't know that like some of the some of the Toku names from Sentai kinda also makes it way its way to um America and Power Rangers. Well, there are some like obvious examples like Shinkenger and Samurai. It's like Samurai Sentai Shinkenger, obviously. But um I didn't note but here's what I didn't notice about um one one Sentai and Power Ranger parallel is like um I know how in Ninja Storm and Hurricaneger it's like Nipu Sentai Hurricaneger and then Power Ranger Ninja Storm. So it's like I only had this revelation like um a, like a week ago. Um, it was about how Nipu is ninja is basically like ninja styles and like ninjas and stuff, right? And then there is the hurricane part, which is a storm. So it's like Power Rangers Ninja Storm. I was like, wow, I did not even think about it that way. And. Uh... I get even deeper. Um, there's a there's a roll call. Um, or there's a uh, morph call called Jinrai that the um, that, that the go that the use, and it roughly translates into English to thunderclap. And if wow. And if you remove the clap from Thunderclap and just put in Rangers, it makes the Thunder Rangers. It's like the Thunder Rangers. That's that's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's like I don't think a lot of people that watch Power Rangers, but like only some 
kind of watch Sentai really like notice these things, or maybe they do and they don't talk about it. But it's actually a very like interesting detail that the Power Rangers um side, the Power Rangers side of the adaptation actually derives its name from the name of the Sentai and the terms used in the Sentai, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. But um. The Neos don't think they did this at all. Yeah. Because- I mean, the only really, um, the only really parallels I really see in the Neo Saban era is that, um, all- from the Sentai is that, yeah, what? Most of them are comedies, while the others are sort of comedies. I mean, yeah, basically. But, um... Sorry if I confused you. No, no, it's just that, um... I was thinking how they use Gosei in Megaforce as the mentor name and, like, the the ghost same morpher is basically his head, right? But then, like, Masterhead is the name of the quote-unquote mentor guy in, in um, Ghost Sager. It's like, that's not... It's kind of, like, a bit on the nose there, but, meh, I can, I can get behind that a little bit. But then, yet again, Megaforce was just kind of a disappointment. And then super mega force end up being kind of a super mega fail. If pe- if you get if people like it, then that's cool. I just don't. If I did as a kid, but now I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I it's like I didn't care about story. I didn't care about characters. I cared about the action, and the action looked cool. I'm not gonna say the action still doesn't look cool. It's just that a show can't just be actions. Can't just be the action. You gotta have something behind it. it has to be have some kind of substance behind it. Yeah, if it's an action show like Power Rangers, then you gotta develop the characters, which I don't think the Neo Saban era did at all. Besides with Noah in Megaforce. Oh yeah, def- definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like. The writers kind of had like behind the scenes issues behind um samurai, so things weren't as developed or creatively like creative as it could have been because of the rush scheduling of the show since they were like so eager to get it off the ground since. They just bought, since Saban just bought the rights back from Disney. Ever since, like, RPM, they, like, kind of were burned out and, like, they didn't really wish to continue the, the series. So, like, Saban came in and was like, okay, we got this thing. Now. We got our thing back now. We gotta, we gotta hurry up. We gotta, we gotta adapt something. What we got over in Japan? Uh, we have, um, we have Samurai Sentai Shinkenger. It's about, like, Samurai and swords and demons and stuff okay we're gonna do that and then like the production schedule for that show actually ended up being like super rushed and everything couldn't and like the copy and paste um 
way they did the series kind of showed through the episodes. If you watch Shinkenger first, and then you watch Samurai, and then you can see, like, wait, they just, like, basically copied everything. But, um, Jayden, I don't really Jayden, see that. Jaden and Takaru both have, um, god complex in the beginning, but at least Takaru develops. I mean, Jaden does kind of develop, but, like, it's not as gradual or that impactful as um Takaru's because um I mean, the thing is is that kind of, kind of it kind of resolves but like not really I mean was I supposed to feel bad for Jaden when he cried at the, at the end of the series because Mike uh, was Mike because Mike was fitting great facts I don't know I don't think so because it's like um yeah yeah go ahead it was like it was like Jaden barely had any development so I couldn't feel bad for him but Takaru yeah Takaru learned to care for his team for the team like and it really showed a connection with his team it, it really showed a connection with his team. Uh, and he didn't want to lose them, and this was exhibited when he was brought at the idea of Kotahada. Yeah, but, um, but, yeah, I totally agree with that. Also, that's another thing about, um, the characters from the Neo-Saban era, mostly, is that they're either, like, kind of developed, not fully developed, or, like, the whole conflict is kind of, like, wrapped up in one episode, and it's, like, it's not, there's not a lot, like, the change is gradual. It should be more gradual in my eyes. Like, we should see the change, like, develop throughout the show instead of, like, in one episode, the problem solved, and he doesn't, they don't have that flaw anymore. Yeah. I think Mike was the only character in Samurai who really developed. Oh yeah, definitely. Because he he was like a kind of slacker dude that like played video games and didn't really care for anything. And then like yeah. later on, he's like he's like kind of like a more he's a better like ranger because of everyone kind of challenging him, and especially like G and Mike. I mean, not Mike, Kevin, my bad. It's like, but like, I feel like, I wish if everybody like kind of had that. Like everybody has like their one thing. Like, oh, you can go ahead, dude. My bad, I'm talking too much. It's like, I'm talking Mike and Kevin are best boys. And I can describe, I can describe the, I can describe the lack of differences between uh, the Shinkenger and, um, Samurai? Samurai. Yeah, Samurai cast. Uh, Jaden and Takaru both have God complexes at the beginning where they're like, oh, I'm so alone. You gotta do it alone. I have to do this alone. I don't want anybody else to, like, die on my, in, by my, in, like, on my, um, on my back or whatever. It's like, it was like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a coping mecha mechanism, I would 
per se, I would say, because, I mean, Takaru literally lost his dad after, like, the final battle. Because, like, you know. And then, like, Jaden's dad, we don't know what happens to Jaden's dad, but, but it could be explained. But that part could be explained because he doesn't want anyone to, like, die for them because they're the Red Ranger. They don't, like, they don't, like believe that they really deserve that and that the others just shouldn't worry about them because they are the Red Ranger. They, they can handle it. And, like, the whole, reason, like, the whole reason Takaru was against leading a team is because, from my point of view, it's because he didn't want anybody dying on him, and he didn't care about loyalty or anything. Like, yeah, he didn't care about like loyalty or anything like that. Yeah, I, I see that. He just cared about getting rid of the Gido, and he didn't want anybody dying on him. It's like, I'm not going to let it happen. Yes. But Jason's motivation for not wanting to lead a team is because, oh, I'm not ready. I can handle the Nylock on my own. It's like, it's kind of more arrogant in the in Samurai's way of seeing it. Um, His God complex is that, I mean, he doesn't really have, like, Takaru, you said he had a god complex, but honestly, I don't think that. Honestly, I think it's more... I think it was more <laughs> at the beginning. I mean, I wouldn't see it as a god complex, though. I still want to see it as, like, a god complex. It's more of a standalone mentality for me, at least. Yeah, Only Jaden, he seemed like a god complex, because he thought he could handle everything on his own, but, like, Takaru's like, I can't let this happen, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to let it happen. If I don't have a team, then they can't die on me. And if I die, I mean, who's going to care? My, I'm not even the real Red Ranger. My freaking sister is. That like, is kind of weird to think about, though, but still. I hate to break it to you. Karu isn't Takaru's sister. Oh, really? Yeah, Ta- Takaru uh, was actually... So, basically... How the series goes is that over time we learn that Takaru isn't of Shiba blood. Oh, he's not. He's like, oh, like I get it now. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. He was just so, a body double. He was just a body double so that Koru could uh, practice the ceiling character. Kind of like how, um, kind of like more and Jaden is like one is supposed to be like the real like Red Ranger. Well, the other is kind of like the the cover up Red Ranger, and like they they would have to switch. They would have to switch as soon as like the real Red Ranger was ready for like using the ceiling power. You know, once the ceiling character was useless and Kaoru was injured, she stepped down as Shinkan Red, and everyone's like, "But we don't have a leader." And Kaoru basically just goes. Actually, yeah. you do have a leader, fam. And brother, that's my quote-unquote brother. Yeah, my... So yeah. no, um, yeah. Kaoru adopted Takaru. You have my son. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, what? Everyone's, everyone's just like, but wait, Takaru is older than you. 
how can you adopt anyone? And Karu just goes, oh, well, basically, uh, adoption has been an option, uh, historically option. Uh, adoption has been an option if there was no true heir or if there was no, like, head. And Karu was injured. To, to fight. Yeah. And the Rangers couldn't wait for her. Uh, so they had to get, so they needed a Red Ranger because the Red Ranger is instrumental to Dokoku's defeat. Right. Feeling character or not, Dokoku has a grudge against the Siva family and the Red Ranger in particular. Yeah. So he's willing to so he's willing to grind out Kaoru, either Kaoru or Takaru's bones. He's like, I don't care as long as they're wearing red, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, and um and it was it was and with and with Xandroid it was just like I hate the Red Ranger because he sealed me away. Yeah, I hate the Red Ranger because he sealed me away. Not because he's beaten me for generations. I hate this specific Red Ranger because he sealed me away. And then he gets pissed when he finds out he didn't kill any of the Rangers. He's like, those guys are still alive! God! Destroys everything. Ah, master, calm down. You're going to send the whole boat sinking into the water again. Oh, samurai pests are always gonna get my way. Why can't we just take over the world already? It's basically my best impression. Like, why didn't, like, why didn't the Android just go out of the uh, netherworld because. and, and because. just absolutely wreck everyone? Oh, well, so that that's actually a very simple question. That's a very simple question, actually. It's because. He has a major headache, and he cannot leave the ship for that long. And, like, he'd, like, dry up a lot faster from everyone else since he was, like, the first one to get hit by the ceiling. The ceiling, um, the ceiling symbol. With with Dokoku, he's just drunk. He's just drunk. (laughs) He's just totally wasted. Wasted. Oh, I can't fight these guys in this condition. I like, so, yeah, I like him. Drunk and doesn't want. Dokuku is just drunk and doesn't want to get off his ass. He's just lazy. So he just, he's basically lazy as a as a villain. Like, well, um, that's, kind of, that's kind of ironic, though. Like, Samurai, they gave him a reason for not being able to get off the ship. And it ended up being kind of a lame reason. Because it was not, like, an in-character reason. But with Indoku, he's like, I'm so drunk, I don't feel like doing anything. Which, honestly, I would agree with if I were drunk. And, like, I had, like, people fighting for me, then why not let them fight for me? Why do I gotta get off my butt and, like, fight? If I don't have to. Let's, uh, let's talk about Reno and Kevin now. Okay. So, I think... So, 
they're the exact same, but with some minor tweaks to their profession. Um, Rinosuke was a kabuki dancer. That was like an actor. I thought he was a kabuki actor. Was he an actor or a dancer? I think it's both. Oh, okay. Um, I've and Kevin is just a, an athletic swimmer. Which, honestly, isn't really that bad of a change. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it, really. I mean, how are you going to explain the, to the kids what a kabuki actor is? Exactly. Especially if they're American, okay? But, like, okay, that's, that's, like, okay. Like, you could have him be, like, some kind of actor for, like, like stage productions or whatever. But honestly, but if we get a swimmer, a swimmer for water makes sense too. Like a swimmer for a water ranger makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. Um, Mako and Mia are both awful cooks. Wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, I want to say something about um Ryanosuke. Oh. Um, okay, so a main difference between Ryunosuke and Kevin is that Kevin is a lot more, more like water. He's like a lot more cool-headed, a lot more like fluid in a way, even though he's kind of more like ice in the beginning and he's like kind of stiff and rigid. But then Ryunosuke is like a lot more like fire, is like a lot more like fired up in a way, you know, because like he kind of like, for me, he kind of showed like this fiery personality even though water is his element it kind of like contradicts the way that um the elements kind of play into the characters also i do think that takaru is in that context like takaru is a lot more like water because he is a lot more cool-headed and stuff you know he's a lot more like stoic and stuff stoic and stuff i like ran out of words here um, so Kevin was a bit more, so I guess Kevin was a bit more lax with, um, he's like, he's not he like, bit, he was a bit more lax with phrasing the red. Yeah. Uh, he didn't call like, it Jaden. He's he cool as a cool. Like he didn't call it Jaden, my Lord or anything. Was like, it was just, just kind of called. It was it's just Jaden or Ranger. Yeah, it was just Jaden yeah. or Jay. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about Kevin's character. He wasn't as annoying as Reno's day, but he definitely okay. had some annoying parts to him. He was, in my head, like, Kevin is a good Ranger, but he's not a good character, if you know what that means, if you know what I mean. Like, he is a model Ranger. He's a really good ranger. He's kind of like Sky in um, SPD. He's like Mr. Perfect in a way. But then, like, the difference between that, him and Kevin and Sky from SPD, is that Sky actually, like, had more character. He, like, had more of a reason to not like his Blue Ranger status because he wanted to be red because of his father and he wanted his father was right, so he wanted to be red. He wants to aspire to that. And then, like, it kind of, like, complex. Jackie, and he developed over, over time 
sure, he might have still resented his uh, status as Blue Ranger, but yeah. at the end, at the end, well, of, like, at the end of the series, he showed tremendous growth when um, he said, "Yeah, fam, I'll follow. I'll follow uh, anyone. Did. I'll follow anyone." I read. He's he's like, "I'll follow anyone that you choose as Red Ranger," and that's like the moment where it all clicks. It's like after experiencing Jack's leadership in action, he realizes that A, he wasn't ready to be Red Ranger. B, he still had a lot to learn to become Red Ranger. And C, he like he needed to be more open-minded to everyone else taking lead when he wants to take lead. Because there could be a reason why he that person was chosen to be Red Ranger instead of him. He kind of more he became more humble in a way. After watching some of Decker Ranger, I am disappointed that they did not have Jack say once, all right, let's go, partner, to Sky. And Sky just go, don't call me partner. That would have been a cool reference. That would have been, that would have been, um, that would have been nice. It would have, like, like, um, okay, so I I don't know if you remember this episode, but do you remember the episode where Jack was kind of like abusing his power, and like Sky was like, "You may you may be wearing red, but you're not a leader." And then like at the end of the episode, he like saw Jack run the whole, um, the whole training course on his own, and then like he's just standing there like nodding his head, right? And like it kind of shows, Sky is slowly accepting. Jack as the leader, and I think if he, if that was like, if they had more scenes with those two like together outside of suit, outside of the suits, then it could have been a nice nod to Decker Ranger and how like the Red and Blue Rangers were kind of were becoming close and stuff, you know. To slowly learn to accept each other and like make each other better. But back to Kevin though. Kevin may be the model ranger, but he doesn't really grow from that. He doesn't really change from that, actually. Yeah, um, at least Rinosuke accepts um, Genta as part, of the, as part of the team. Kevin's just like, oh yeah, Antonio's here now. That's cool. He kind of like, okay, okay, so... You you want you want to go to Mako Amiga or you want to skip to or you want to like go to um Genta and Antonio because you brought that up and I kind of have a lot to say about that. So yeah, we're going. We'll get into Genta in a bit. Uh, let's okay. move on to Mike. Let's move on to Mike and Chiaki. Okay. I mean, it would have been nice to see um, a focus episode with Mike and his dad. But honestly, his dad's not really that important to the story. I mean, I mean, I'm just, he could I'm just saying, Chiaki's dad helped him grow because he helped Chiaki learn that, like, no matter how much you resent family, you can always learn to grow from them. Because Jackie's dad is an absolute child. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And no matter how much you can learn to resent family, no, how, 
fuck. No matter how much you resent family, you can always choose to learn from what they do. Always learn from others' mistakes is basically the, the message of the episode. And, not it would, and it would have been nice to see my Mike's dad just show up and be like, I'd say more of a child than Mike already was. I feel like that would have worked a little bit earlier in the in the show before Super Samurai, in my head. Yeah. It It'd be more- interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, dude. Um, but yeah, it 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 would have worked so well. I agree. And I, I'm surprised. And they that, didn't do. It. Yeah. And uh, I don't actually have have too much to say about the two. I, don't I do. My true- I have a I'm bit. Just say- uh-huh. I'm just gonna say uh, I don't think Mike truly got that much development. Sure, his moments with Emily were in a way his development, but nowhere near Chiaki. Yeah. Because because Chiaki at the start of the show he's arrogant, he's an idiot. He's all those things jumbled up into one. And he thinks that he and he thinks that um, everyone resents him because he can't get stronger. And he kind of has an inferiority complex. Yeah, I guess. Like, like we say, how um, Takaru kind of had a little bit of a god complex along with Jade, and it's like. Talk like um, Chiake and Mike kind of like mirror that part of their each other's characters. How they like feel that in some points in the shows they're like not good enough, and like mm-hmm. they feel like they have to prove themselves. And I really like those kind of characters. Actually, it's cool to see them like screw up first, and then like they learn that, hey, maybe I don't have to prove it to everyone else, but more to myself, that I am good enough to myself, while everyone else is like, you're good, you're fine, dude. Well, like, yeah, that's the, that's how I think. But I have a bit more to say about that. So I really think that Mike and Chiake are both my favorite characters in both shows because like like I see myself a bit in them because I can be kind of a slacker I can be kind of I can be cocky and arrogant and I can think that I'm not really that great but like there are times where I'm like I gotta do this I gotta show everyone else or at least show myself that I can handle this and like you said, Mike didn't get a lot of development in the show, not compared to Chiake, but I do believe that he may have had the most of, almost the most development in the show. Mm-hmm. And then we go into 
the yellow sweethearts of the show of each show, Kodaha and Emily is like they're pretty they're pretty similar to each other, kind of like Chiake and Mike, and like I believe that Emily may have had the most development in the show, if we're not like talking villains, because she, like Mike, kind of has like this slight inferiority complex in their heads like they they want to get stronger but right now they're not that she's not that so like so they work so both characters and both shows like work hard to like get there opposed to their green teammates that don't really feel that they have to at the moment but they do have times where they feel like they have to So, and you have more to say about the two? Uh, um, I feel like if I don't, then everyone's gonna get mad at me. But honestly, I like both of them. I like both of them. I like they're both good in my head. They're both bo- both good in my book. Mm-hmm. And then, then we move on to. You, you want to get the? You want to introduce these two, the next pair. <laughs> All right, everyone. We move on to Mako and Mia. Honestly, yeah, it doesn't really have. We don't really have a lot to say. I don't really have a lot to say about them, really. Like, I mean, Mako's is it Mako's parents suddenly showing up and wanting to take her back to Hawaii was. I think that was a good focus episode because it really showed how Mako resented her parents and she said, I don't hate you guys. It's just, it's just that on that day I, and then she gets cut off. Either by herself or a, a monster. I can't remember. How do you get cut off by yourself? I don't know. I guess she couldn't. <laughs> I guess she couldn't bring herself. I guess she couldn't bring herself to finish her sentence. I guess. Like, uh, like, imagine cutting yourself off. Imagine cutting yourself off. Like, there's you talking, and then an alternate version of you is like, stop. <laughs> but or anyway, else, yeah. Stop, or, else, or else, stop. Or else, if you say this. You'll end the world. That is a little extreme, but okay. All right. Let's talk about the Spanish and the Japanese. That's basically what we're doing here. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, um, I do think that Antonio is a bit less annoying than Genta because Genta is, has kind of the Ryunosuke problem of about them, him being kind of overacting and stuff. How, like, their his expressions are kind of, like, totally, like, ig- like, totally overexpressed or, like, I can't remember, I can't, I can't think of the word right now. It'll probably come to me later. But, like, I don't hate Genta think he can be really funny at times and like when he told like 
when he told Takaru, like, you think that it matters what you think? I'm here because I want to be here. Because that's the promise we made. That we would fight together alongside each other. And it's like, oh man, that's like, that's friendship right there. That's pure friendship right there. And when Takaru starts being such a hard-ass to Genta, Genta realizes himself that this is all really, like, everyone just realizes everyone just realizes that that's not really Genta speaking and Takaru, fuck oh, that's not really Takaru speaking it's just a front that he's putting up so he doesn't get hurt by everyone dying again, once again he doesn't want everyone to die because he, he grows to care about the team at this point and, and now his best friend comes in and he's like I can't let you do this to yourself. And he's like, dude, I don't care. I'm here for you. I'm here for the promise we made as children so we can fight together. And I've already proven myself to you since I, like, freaking cut, like, like, a hundred foot soldiers in, like, five seconds. It's like, cut them all down. I don't know if it was, like, a hundred, but, like, uh, they're called the Nashirenju, uh, for sorry. reference. Like, sorry, it's been a while since I have watched it. And, like, the Japanese names can be kind of difficult for me to, like, pronounce and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, some names I can kind of sound out from what I see, but if it's been a while and I haven't seen the show, then I'll probably, like, legit forget how to pronounce it. And you know how some fans be. You gotta pronounce the names right in order to like get the get the thing, you know. It's like pronunciation is key. But um, yeah, it's like he. But uh, and Antonio is kind of like the same in the same boat is for me because uh, actually I think he's he's less annoying than. Genta, kind of like how Kevin is less annoying than um, Ryunosuke. But I do think that he could have used a little... Antonio could have used a little more development. A little more... It could have been a really interesting way to see how um, Jaden changed from the little kid he was to the standalone god complex guy he is now. Like, it makes me wonder if he was still there and he, like, could have been a samurai from the get-go, would things be different? Would he always be a part of the team? And would he, and would Jaden be so, like, apprehensive about leading a team and, like, having everyone else to, like, depend on him and he has to depend on everyone else? Um... But... He was very fun. In my like, Antonio was okay. Was an okay sixth ranger. He was very entertaining. He was very powerful, obviously. And some of, and like, some of his focus, um, not his focus episodes, but like his focus moments within the series, kind of opens the door for how. He actually wants to be there, and how serious he take he takes the samurai, um, the duty as a samurai 
to fight against Nylock. Mm-hmm. I have a lot. I was like, I really do like Antonio. He's not the greatest six ranger, but he's not the worst. I like. I thought I really do like him, but um, yeah. What's next, dude? Well, we're we're practically pushing an hour, so I think we should hit the bricks. All right. Hit the bricks. Any closing statements? Uh, okay. So, my thing is, if you if you want to really get into tokusatsu, you kind of have to experience a lot of different kinds, not just Japanese. There's, like, so many other countries that, like, produce tokusatsu now, not just, like, not just Japan, but America, America and China. And, like, there's a lot of different countries that are working to make their own tokusatsu. And I'm just, like, I want to be open-minded to everything and, like, watch a good chunk of everything in order to get, like, a full opinion on, um, like, tokusatsu as a genre and different shows. Also, I also want to say, if you don't really like the idea that Sentai is basically being copied and pasted over in America, that's not really the case. That's not really the case. It's just that, um, it's just that, America takes the suits. They could take elements of the story, but it's not 100% copy and paste. Dino Thunder is not a lot like Alba Ranger. And, like, if, like RPM isn't really a lot like Go Wanger. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I mean, there are some seasons that follow the Sentai a lot close, a, a little closer. But I think it's the divergence that really, the, the seasons that divert away from the source material that either A, pretty great, or B, could, be, could have been great. Like, okay, so little little thing, I, a little um, opinion I have for myself when it comes to Megaforce, not Super Megaforce, just Megaforce, is that the setup for Megaforce wasn't that bad. I just think the characters and the story was bad. The setup for everything is not that ter- it's not that terrible. It could have worked. Like they could have used the idea that um these five have to like live up to the legacy of the Power Rangers and like that can be a bit daunting for everyone. And then they would have to go through different challenges in order to like do it their own way instead of trying to copy everyone else because that's basic because it would have kind of paralleled the idea that megaforce is basically trying to be like mighty morphin power rangers and how Mm -hmm. that's kind of bad and i agree with that but it could have been an interesting way to divert from that idea of is basically mmpr but in the 21st century even though like Dino Thunder did it first, but we're we're I'm not gonna get into Dino Thunder. I could I could talk for hours about Dino Thunder, honestly. But basically all I'm saying is if you don't really like it, at least give it a chance. Like first sight you may not like it, but 
give it a few episodes, maybe you'll get into it. And yeah, that's about it for me. All right. Uh, I don't really have a closing statement, um, but uh, besides, check out the Tokyo Talks podcast, episode zero, uh, here and on Spotify. Or- and a bunch of other um, places where you can get your podcasts. Uh, I'll probably link everything in my um my page for the for Tokyo Talks and where you guys can listen to that if you guys are interested. Episode one will be coming out Sunday, mm-hmm. this Sunday. Well, next Sunday because this Sunday would have been yesterday, and you know, people weeks are weird. But yeah, be ready for that. All right. Um, and Rand, Rand and Buds is a weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. So check in. So check. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes within the week. I don't. I don't record on weekends. Because that's when we're recording on, for Tokyo Talks. Yeah. So. Uh, I will record every day of the week besides week uh, besides weekends because that's when I have to uh, be recording Tokodox. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this is Rand. This is Mr. Random or Rand and Astro signing off. Stay Toku. Like Toku on everyone. We hope you have a fantastic day. Bye for now. See ya.